Your purchases are murdering America. Most people swear they love America, yet they are killing America one shopping cart at a time. Four woke mega funds control $22 trillion, and they pushed all the brands into just 11 companies. Let's just look at lotions, hand cream, soaps, and detergents. When you spend your money and you go shopping here, that money goes right out the door, and as it's distributed and broken apart, it goes into that dark, ugly, icky funnel of money that funnels to impacting America negatively. Your money funds Black Lives Matter, Critical Race Theory, Antifa, the trans agenda. You have to make a choice to save America, folks. Make woke go broke. Click will teach you. Quit pumping, pumping, pumping your money into these woke companies. You have to choose to save America. Do it now. Go to make woke go broke. Click. Make woke go broke. Click. Do it now. Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional, socialist, snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer, He's known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listened to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Hey there, folks. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Welcome to Cut the Crap. This is a special report. It is a follow-up deep forensic report on the reporting you saw on the 23rd of February. Maricopa held another Senate hearing reviewing in a supposed joint committee election integrity. This is my review specifically of Mr. Spikeen's work and the value it added to the audit, reviewing what was done. I call this the Arizona Rat Bastard Report. Busted for Bad Ballots Senate Report. Do me a favor, folks. Share this program right now. Share it. Share it fast. You're going to want everybody around you to see this. I will be releasing, I will be releasing a special download so you can have all the documents involved in this one, just like I did on the first breaking report. What I'm doing is I'm taking those seven hours that were recorded, about five hours of testimony, breaking it down by speaker, and then adding to it the critical review information you need to know. Now, what you saw in Arizona, you saw all of the committee members of election integrity, Wendy Rogers, Ken Bennett, Sonny Borelli, in this committee that was put together by Liz Harris. By the way, thank God for Liz, Liz Harris. You know, uh, she said she wasn't going to vote for the corrupt budgets and stuff. Liz Harris loves America so much that she swapped and said, okay, I'll stand down on that bloated budget, 
but you're going to give us an official hearing review so we get this information out to the public. Liz Harris is an American patriot. She deserves your respect. Now, during this, you're going to have to pay attention. We're going to weed it all together. Uh, Not only are we going to talk about this rat bastard report, uh, we're going to talk about what Mr. Spikeen reported on. We're going to share with you information you may or may not heard about our report, which we did on this very item. We're going to use footage here. By the way, folks, before I get started, let me just get sponsor stuff out of the way. This program this evening is brought to you by Jovan Loves Gold, JovanLovesGold.com. I do that with the Gold Co. folks for your free 2023 Gold IRA kit Americas are using to protect their retirement savings. Folks, do yourself a favor, fill out the information and get it. If you want to know why your IRA is getting hammered, your 401k, your retirement savings, it's because of political games just like this, which I'm going to expose. Go fill out the form, folks. It's absolutely free. You have to figure out how to protect your retirement savings. It might be worth an additional $10,000 to you. Also in this program, why you're going to want to hang tight for the whole program. I'm going to show you some never-before-revealed-behind-the-scenes footage I call it rat bastardism. I'm going to let you decide for yourself. As we connect the dots here, let's get going. This is from the hearing that was held in Maricopa. Is that that better? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So So Eric Spikeen, I'm a forensic chemist and a forensic forensic document document analyst. Uh, I've been examining documents and related issues to documents such as computers, fingerprints, and things like that uh, for nearly 30 years now. I work at a private consulting firm. I work in our Fort Lauderdale office. Our main office is based in Michigan. I've examined election cases since the early, or probably the mid to late 1990s uh, and continuously since then. I've examined from Scantron ballots to regular ballots to voting systems, computers, data, uh, all the things associated with counting and determining outcomes. Um, I've been trained in the examination of question documents uh, in 1993 to 1995 by my father, Leonard Spikeen. He's the retired chief document analyst for the Michigan State Police. And then a one-year training program dealing with paper and ink with Richard Burnell. He's the retired deputy director of the National ATF Laboratory, uh, and that was from 95 to 96. I've been in private practice since for the same firm. And this is what I do every day, documents, inks, and related data associated with that. I examined, uh, as I said, uh, ballots throughout my career. I was contacted when the audit was going on here in Maricopa County and asked to provide assistance to look at the ballots, documents, inks, printing processes, CPS codes, which is a counterfeit protection system on color copiers and color printed documents that can determine when a document was printed and where it was printed. Um, When I arrived, I wasn't able to examine the actual ballots. That part of the process was already over here. Okay, there's a few things you need to know about this evening's program. We're going to go there. That's Eric Spikeen, highly qualified in documents, document inspection. And he's talking about the counterfeit protection system. I want to remind you of a few things. Number one, he was brought in late in the game, not part of the official audit, uh, but a law firm outside the audit brought him in. Secondly, 
uh, as he talks about the counterfeit protection system. Remember, we broke this story and told you that not only could we find it and prove it, uh, you heard of them either as stochastic pixels or machine uh, codes, which is really machine-inserted color MIC codes. Uh, the newspapers, everybody uh, claimed it was total, total, total BS. They weren't there. That was a myth. A lot of press went into this trying to dissuade people from what we were saying technology-wise to look for. I do want to give you a, a point so you can keep this into context. Uh, we've tried many times to reach out to Mr. Spikine. Uh Have never been able to reach him one time. Uh, he said he would come on, let's discuss it, because we wanted to share data back and forth to help each other. Uh, however, the attorneys involved, which I don't necessarily agree with, uh, forbid Mr. Spikine, so, so did the Senate, from the two of us talking and cooperating. It will become very apparent why uh, as we go forward. But he is a incredible expert in his field. But this was something that the media spent a tremendous amount of time telling you was BS. By the way, this was the BS story that they put out there about looking for bamboo fibers. It was never about looking for bamboo fibers. That was a misdirection they threw at you. This is going to be explosive, so you hang on. Let's get back to it. I was only able to examine photographs that were taken uh, to determine anything that I could. So I noticed that many of the ballots did have a CPS code, but the photographs were not of sufficient uh, quality and zoomed in to the correct areas to determine exactly what the CPS code said. I want to make sure you understand a few differences here. This counterfeit protection system, CPS codes, is a system that is mandated in commercial printers. Anything traded in the United States and specifically high-end commercial grade printers because you know they can actually print counterfeit bonds, bills, etc. This uh, code... Uh, that we told you about early on, deciding to keep it simple, calling it a MIC, because that's uh, one of the other names for it, uh, is nothing more than machine-inserted color. When we uh, gave this, this is our report. We call it PCAD, P-K-A-D. We call it, give it a shortcut name. It's easy to understand, yellow fever. We're just looking for the yellow measles all over the ballots. It's a way to tell if they're real. Let me explain this. We'll go in a little bit more in a minute. But it's basically a hidden code that on anything that's printed in color is there. Now, if you're looking at the left of my screen, these are about the size of one-tenth of a red blood cell. They're very tiny in the document, but they're stochastically, which means randomly, put into the document. Now, I show you the other side in a reversed version forensically, under a microscope on the left, that's what we see. If you look on the right, you see how they line up. I, I drew that line in there so you would understand they are lined up for a very specific reason. In our inspection of the ballots, we use this just to determine was it an authentic color ballot printed on a commercial printer. What Mr. Spikine talks about is if you look at the whole paper, and you can see the wide area, 
Then actually what you're looking at is this, which again, all the newspapers wrote, all the news, television, or stations, media, everything else. Uh, even people out there, Shiva, uh, you know, Dr. Shiva discredited it, said it was crap, it was made up. Professor Clements, a lot of people out there, to, which we'll discuss, to throw you off the trail. But this is what it looks like. And when you look at these lineups, pay attention. You see how they're lined up where you're actually seeing the row parity or the column parity, time, date, separator, and serial number. You're able to extract the information day, date from it. This is how it would look if you're looking at a wide enough area. This is what it looks like natively. And I do the one on the right so it lines up. So what we're talking about is this. You've heard it called many different names, actually, because it has many different names. Now, one thing I'm going to point out to you going forward, Sonny Borelli. Wendy Rogers, Ken Bennett, Liz Harris, all these people sitting up there and the Senate were told long ago, a year and a half ago, of the counterfeit ballots, that there were more counterfeit ballots than the margin in the election. Uh, it was in the report. I would also tell you that Doug Davis was threatened that the Senate would pull their indemnity protection from him if he included certain things. This was one of it. We'll talk more about that later. But that's the report we gave him. You're going to hear a lot of oohs and ahs and lawmakers acting like they've heard this for the first time. No, what you're actually watching. Now, thank God for Liz Harris did it or you'd never hear about it. And all of those people on the panel threatened that they wouldn't even hold the panel if my team presented the actual findings. So thank God for Liz Harris getting it done. By the way, I want to give you a point real quick. You know I did this on the stuff about bribery, collusion, deeds, etc. I want you to understand all of the lawmakers that were given copy of those documents. I've made that download available to you. But all of those lawmakers that were given those documents... The Senate, the Capitol folks, retrieved them all, took them from the people, and said, you can't have these. You cannot leave here with these. That's a very interesting tell. Lot to unpack, folks. Lot to unpack. Let's continue. So I'm able to determine that there are a series of yellow dots making up the CPS code. I just can't determine from the photographs what it is. The CPS code is still there on the ballots. This is from the 20... 20 election uh, I haven't been provided the piece of the paper to look at that so that's one part that it exists we just don't know what it says the second part of the examination was to look at the data spread and I found that there were uh, 61 groups of ballots so the ballots are typically sorted into groups of 200 for check and balance and three for another that had 90% Here's what that means. I, I do have to provide a footnote there. We have no idea why Mr. Spikine's uh, testimony was truncated there. That's why it kind of sounded wonky. For some reason, some way, they cut out minutes. I will tell you, because we looked at every single batch, 10,400, 10,300 batches of ballots, Everything we do, we do in triplicates and double check it. You'll see that this evening. We want you to know this was the first time in Maricopa history, 30-year history. We interviewed people, been there for 30 years doing this. The first time that the ballots 
in the batches had errors where they would report they had X number, but there actually wasn't that number there. Secondly, I'm going to just tell you right up the front, there was no way these numbers could have been uh, certified because there were over 90,000 ballots missing that were not counted in the audit. They were just totally missing. It's one of the things that uh, was hidden. So he's telling you he had the opportunity to look at the photographs, the forensic photographs of um, the ballots. That's what he's uh, uh, talking about. I'm going to kind of show you real quick, just to kind of get you up to speed, uh, just for a moment. Uh, We'll go over this in detail, but this is our report to the Attorney General. Um, This is what he's talking about when he looks at looked at these photographs, okay, Um, that he was looking at our forensic work, the photographs that were taken for us. I'll have more on that. And he was able to see that, yes, there was stochastic pixels there. We only uh, did a crop section looking for it, um, but have the ability to look for it on the entire ballot. But we only did a crop section for our reporting, and that's what he's talking about. This is when he says he looked at a uh, forensic uh, photograph uh, for that. And so uh, that's what we're talking about. I'll catch you up to speed as we do this. Let's go back to his testimony. That is a pretty good indication that someone had sorted ballots ahead of time to get them into these piles. Why or what the purpose is, I have no idea. But you wouldn't normally find that sort of distribution of a high percentage for one candidate. And if you did, you should find roughly the same for each candidate, right? So if there's 60 piles of 200 and they all have 90%, you'd expect 30-30 or something like that. But it might be 25-35. I, I can get that there's going to be statistical anomalies. But 58 to 3 is really strange. Now, we chose to share this part of it with you because it ties into the inspection of the ballot. What he is talking about, you understand a race... And any election starts with the first two votes or the first three votes. It's a good indication of what's going to happen. So if you have one person vote here and one person vote here, it's 50-50. Get a third one, it goes to a third. Get a fourth one, it goes to a quarter, right? And they tend to mash into lines, and that line runs all the way across. In this election, that did not occur. You had hundreds and hundreds of batches, hundreds of batches, where Joe Biden had 100% of the vote. That's what he's talking about. But we're choosing to cover that in a separate segment because it comes up with other things we need to discuss. But we added that tidbit there so you could know what was coming. It's extremely important for you to understand the forensics. The other finding here was that we had approximately 25,000 ballots that were not created from the PDF that is used for the election process. So in other words, <clears throat> the election provider comes up with ballots and it's specific to a geographical area because the person that lives in this neighborhood might not be voting for the same people that live in that neighborhood or, or another neighborhood. So here in Maricopa County, from memory, you had 5,012 or something like that, just over 5,000 different permutations and combinations to the ballots. 
then that's multiplied by two because there's a Spanish version that's available for each one of these ballots. But it's the same ballot with the same people, just in a different language. So we've got five, we'll just say 5,000 different ballots for now uh, that are created ahead of time. And those are created in PDF. Now, the big reason why is that you have a third party send out mail-in ballots. So those have to be created in advance. And second, for your early voting, you have vote on demand. So in other words, even if I live way out in the corner of the county, but I work downtown, I could go to something downtown that could print my ballot from my area and I could vote here. It's convenient. A lot of people do that. It's, it's a great system. This is one of the most significant breaks as in fractures in the bad way in the system. I'll explain it to you. Um, if you were doing this secure, you have exactly a number of ballots for exactly every voter and they're to go to their exact precinct and vote. You have only a few backup. Now, the way the system gets around it and created this opportunity to change the outcome, what they do is they take a PDF, that's basically just a file, an image, and they email it, email it, not secure, not even a secure download. They email it to all of their election officials and say, here's your ballot for your area. Uh, that person can very simply take that ballot, forward it on to someone else, and now they have a ballot for that area. It is those PDFs that determine what the ballot looks like in your area. And as he said, your school districts are different, your fire departments, school boards, they all rotate well over 5,000 different ballots, but you have to do it times two, 10,000 some odd different versions of the ballot because of language issues, etc. If any one of these get out to a bad person, or any one of these people decide, hey, we're going to cheat in advance. We'll let people come in. We'll let people cast votes. See, that's the thing is, you have the right to cast your vote. They just don't go to the next step that says, you have the right to have your ballot counted exactly the way you cast it. See, as long as you walk in and cast a vote, they say you're taken care of. And that's another hook in the system. So anyway, you understand, if you can get a hold of it in advance, you can create fraudulent copies. You can create fraudulent color copies that look like the official mail-in ballots. Or if you have one of the ballot-on-demand printing machines and you have the image, you can just print as many as you want. You're going to want to pay attention to that fact. Now, early on, I want you to know, in July of 21, actually before that, we, uh, we told them in June, we told them that we suspected, from what we're seeing, 25,000-plus counterfeit, inauthentic ballots. Uh, that was early on in the process. Again, because of propaganda by the GOP's attorney, the GOP, other conservative operatives, they planted the seed inside this that you can't trust that no that's not it etc you'll hear more about it but every one of the people up there knew this in advance even of this hearing today now the reason i bring that up is they had well over a year and a half to react to this so it wouldn't be duplicated in 2022 but they didn't they did nothing and they allowed it they enabled this to be done again in 2022 so these PDFs are created in advance. They're obviously good quality PDFs, and when they're printed, they should look roughly or exactly the same. In this group of ballots, I find that the quality is severely degraded 
from what a PDF would be as if printed on demand or if printed by your uh, third-party provider who prints these all the time. This is what I do every day. That were not created from the PDF that is used for the election process. So in other words, <clears throat> the election provider comes up with ballots and it's specific to a geographical area because the person that lives in this neighborhood might not be voting for the same people that live in that neighborhood or, or another neighborhood. So here in Maricopa County, from memory, you had 5,012 or something like that, just over 5,000 different permutations and combinations to the ballots. Then that's multiplied by two because there's a Spanish version that's available for each one of these ballots. But it's the same ballot with the same people, just in a different language. So we've got five, we'll just say 5,000 different ballots for now. Uh, that are created ahead of time, and those are created in PDF. Now, the big reason why is that you have a third party send out mail-in ballots, so those have to be created in advance. And second, for your early voting, you have vote on demand. So in other words, even if I live way out in the corner of the county, but I work downtown, I could go to something downtown that could print my ballot from my area, and I could vote here. It's convenient. A lot of people do that. It's, it's a great system. Okay, I want to I'm, I'm, I'm give you a head start on this. When he is talking about low quality, this is his work. You can see how the circles are broken. To give you a, 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 a little bit of a different look at this, let me share with you one other document. I'm going to share with you uh, our file that we uh, turned over um, to the uh, AG. I want to, I'm going to show it to you in this one here real quick. Um, so I want you to, uh, so I, so you can understand what you're saying. Let me get to full screen for you. In this particular document, this is kind of how we look at it, uh, which I'll get into. We're looking for the, he's talking about these yellow dots. Now this is a reverse out so you can see them. Um, but when he talks about print quality, I'm going to drop down for a moment and I'm going to show you print quality. Here's, here's an official one. Right. If you look at this, you see how uh, dark the printing is? You can also see the folds up there. That's what we look for in the fold. On the ballots that are not legit, there's two types. There are ones printed on cheap printers. There are ones printed that are colored that don't have the mix in there. Those are the mix. And looking at it forensically, they appear blue, although they're yellow. But I want to show you what he's talking about in print quality. Here are the ovals he's talking about. But you can see how this uh, printing is really crap. I mean, it's just total crap, right? This is a black and white, so we know it was printed on one of the demand printers. You can see how the, the printing is just well, it's trash. Look at the little dots in it, like it was an old dot matrix, as opposed to, you know, how it really should be. Even zoomed up this level, you see just how uh, deep and texturized that color is. I want to tell you the reason why what you're about to hear him talk about is very important is because on our side of the equation, you will hear him express frustration that we could know where these are, we could know where they came from and what precinct. In our equation, we track that. And I can tell you, ballot-on-demand printers were printing 
ballots for areas they're not even in. So why would a ballot printer in a certain area vote center uh, or extra ones be printing just a high density of repetitive ballots? This is part of what they didn't want you to learn. Let's continue. So these PDFs are created in advance. They're obviously good quality PDFs, and when they're printed, they should look roughly or exactly the same. In this group of ballots, I find that the quality is severely degraded from what a PDF would be as if printed on demand or if printed by your uh, third-party provider who prints these all the time. But what's more strange is it's not just that the ballots are not printed well or degraded. It's that they all have the same defects and came from the same source. So in other words, if you have, and I, and I have my report that I can show you, and I, I'm happy to, to give it to you because I brought a copy, uh, with the graphics in it. And if we go to page three of the report, I have a couple examples of the circles where, where you fill in, right, for the candidate. And there's breaks in the line. So what I did is I took on the computer screen, I took an acetate overlay like my professors and college and teachers in high school used to put on the projector, right, and you could write on it. So I took one of those acetates, I put it on the computer screen, and I marked with a Sharpie where the breaks in the line were, right, in the circle. And then I moved it to the next ballot, and I, you can see that the breaks in the line are in exactly the same place. This is very important, folks. I'm, I'm showing you the photos here. Uh, and when, when you see these photos, let me get my uh, correction here. When you see these photos, I want you to understand. Look at the top image. Somebody voted that oval. The bottom image is a completely different voted oval. Now look at the ovals itself. Forget the vote. Look at the oval. Can you see how those ovals have the breaks at the same places, the same marks? That is what he's talking about. That means these ballots were printed in mass. Now, there's not supposed to be any ballots that are on demand that are printed in mass. That's only supposed to occur when somebody walks in and they don't present their mail-in ballot to vote and they want to vote early in person. Only at that time will they reprint your ballot. That means it's a one-off. Do you understand? However, the format for these ballots in its pre-existing PDF form somehow was printed off and compromised, and then they mass-produced them. And after they were mass-produced, after they were mass-produced, then people voted them. You do understand there is no circumstance in which that would occur. Because if you're walking in on election day or early vote, you're getting your specific ballot printed off. That means one, one person, one vote. So why would they be mass producing ballots on demand only to be filled out later? Now you're getting the drift of why this is so important. 
So it's not a function of a poor printing like the ink didn't go on the ballot correctly or it was a printer that was running out of ink or something like that. The process and the image is being degraded over time, either through multiple copies, scans, something like that. And it's in exactly the same place. So these came from the same source. And I've got a series of four different uh, ones showing that. This on the fifth or the sixth page shows what the actual circle looks like on regular ballots. So it's perfectly intact. It's what you'd expect from a high quality print. And what we all see when we get our ballots, that's, that's what we uh, expect. The, the other issue is on what, what could happen. So when, when you have these, what does it all mean? That's what I'm asked most frequently by clients and people and everything. What does it all mean? Well, when you have a scanner or a tabulator, that's a machine, but it's run by software. So software is telling it what to do, how to interpret it, and what to get. So the the thumbing portion of it that makes the ballots go through, that's the machine, which is like when you go to the bank and it counts the bills for you, the thumbing portion that runs it through, that's, that's a machine. But what it does and how it reads it is driven by computers and software and inputs. So I've looked at other areas in the country and I've been given permission by some of the places to, to discuss what I saw there as to what might be an explanation for these things. So in Allegheny County, which is, which is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I found that there were hundreds of ballots that were scanned multiple times. So we've got the exact same ballot that's counted multiple times. It's run through the scanner and counted over and over. I also have, it's very similar to what is seen in Maricopa County, I have 17,000 roughly, maybe 16,000 images that are of a degraded quality. In other words, the scans are poor and like this. So I have, this is what the images, this is what a good scan looks like, which is a high quality, it's legible, you can read it, and so on. And then you can see what the poor scans look like. And really, underneath the words presidential electors, you can't even read the text. It's so poor. One of the issues that was brought up was, well, it was just a malfunctioning scanner, right? In software settings could do that. There could be something wrong with the lenses, the optics, the machine itself. And I get that. But I have 3,000 that are interspersed that turn out just fine on that exact same scanner. Now, I'll unpack this for you a little bit. He's already noted that there are 17,000 ballots which were scanned reproductions. They were not in just solid blocks. They're interspersed through basically all the batches. So if you can find a good clump, he's talking about the 3,000, they're interspersed. So they, they know there's good ones there, but why are there also bad ones there? Which basically means it's an in, in my book, it's an infilling process. It's a it's a filling it back up. It's a uh, fluff in the system because they're trying to hit the numbers right. Now, put a pause on that for a moment. I'm going to share with you one simple video. This is Ken Bennett. Ken Bennett, you. I want to remind you. You heard the testimony. For Miss Barber, you say that the, that the Taylor Law Taylor Law Agency, that the 
real crime in the elections and fluffing up the books with the cartels and, and, and putting in all these fake voters and stuff started in earnest in uh, 2009. Remember that date, 2009. And that's when they started building up to this point that they could actually swing and control any election when they need it. Go back to the fact that Ken Bennett begged Karen Fan to be on this audit committee. He became the liaison. Next, remember, he got booted because he was the one letting in the left-wing media butchering the audit. Now, I don't know about you, but here's my standard. If that ballot is a known scan of a scan of a scan and a redo, just a continual redo, and those aren't allowed, and they continue just to degrade, it's like making an old VHS copy, those should not be counted. I want you to understand, Arizona did not set those aside. They said, well, it's still a vote, and we got to count every vote. They literally ignored bad ballots, counterfeit ballots, excessively duplicated ballots and said, well, it's a vote. We're supposed to count every vote. See, the rule is you got to count every vote. The rule should be you have to count every vote on a legal ballot exactly the way it was cast. Even a simpleton understands that. Now, Ken Bennett whistled, weaseled his way onto this committee and became the liaison. And when, when the first comments were being made and we're talking about the findings and presenting them, Ken Bennett was the first to go. Here was... Here was what he felt was the most important finding of this historic full forensic audit. The most significant finding of the audit is that the hand count of the physical ballots very closely matches the county's official results in the president and U.S. Senate races. We did find several areas where election laws and procedures were or may have been violated. These include missing or unmatched signatures on ballot envelope affidavits, missing... I'm just going with a portion there. He says, the most important finding, listen in. The most significant finding of the audit is that the hand count of the physical ballots very closely matches the county's official results in the president and U.S. Senate races. That's his opening statement, official presentation. There's a reason I'm playing this for you. Secondly, the January 6th committee trying to prosecute Donald Trump for doing a coup and an insurrection. It brought in all kinds of people that supported it was a coup. Audits were crap. You know the Board of Supervisors did it. Uh, but here's Mr. Bennett testifying. Do you think he's the legitimate, legitimately elected president? Yes. That is former Secretary of State Ken Bennett on Capitol Hill this week testifying that he believes Joe Biden is the winner of the 2020 election in Arizona. Bennett served as the Senate liaison for the most recent ballot review. And that is where we begin tonight at five. The partisan audit confirmed what all prior counts had already found. Yeah, Bennett, who spent many days down there monitoring activities at the audit site, is now taking heat from some in his own party for stating the obvious. Our political editor, Dennis Welch, has more. And Bennett claiming that Biden was the legitimate winner, definitely one of the more significant moments in yesterday's congressional hearing, because it does seem to undermine those baseless claims that the election was somehow stolen from former President Donald Trump. But that testimony not sitting well with people who insist on pushing these conspiracy theories, despite all the evidence that the election here was free, fair, 
and accurate. I think there's some people on both sides that uh, aren't going to be satisfied with anything. Ken Bennett describing the criticism he's now receiving for stating a fact that President Joe Biden won the 2020 election. One person who slammed Bennett was Republican State Senator Wendy Rogers, a strong supporter of former President Donald Trump, who's been demanding the 2020 election be decertified. Rogers took to Twitter to say Bennett doesn't speak for Arizona and that his assessment that the audit was never about overturning the election is wrong. If that's what she believes and if that's what she's promoting, I think she's being disingenuous and misleading people. Republican Senate. Anyway, I, I could keep on going on that. I'm not. Here's why I'm bringing this up. In the corruption testimony, which we covered first, the bribery, the corruption, the collusion testimony, and you heard that the patterns and all of this began in earnest, full-fledged, wide open in 2009. The reason I want you to understand that, because it's going to come into bearing as we get to the end of the program, and you know the Secretary of State runs the elections, like Katie Hobbs. Do you think she ran the election right? I want you to understand the person that was in that position when all of this stuff started is none other than Ken Bennett. Well, one of the reasons that you could have for these poor qualities to get rescanned is that the machine, ha the I'm sorry, the ballot has a little unique number at the bottom. And if the machine scans the same number, it's supposed to know that, hey, we've already scanned this ballot, something's wrong, we don't, we don't count it again. But if it's of such poor quality that you can't read it, it could easily scan it twice. So that could be a way. Now, I haven't been able to match up these 17,000 to say it. they've all been scanned twice because that's an enormous undertaking. There's nothing text-wise that you can say, well, here's the text that I'm looking for and here's this, here's that. You have ovals that are filled in very systematically and similarly, like most of us do. Every now and then you get a unique, unique one where someone puts a curly Q or something, and that's an easy one to go look for. But we have found some where they've been scanned twice of these low-quality images. Here is uh, why that is important. You, you, you hear Spakeen, who they put up and did find work, saying that, in fact, uh, they couldn't, he couldn't, didn't have the ability to tell where every ballot was and where these 17,000 were. Uh, you're looking at our forensic quad. You see all the information written in there. Borelli knows this. Rogers knows this. Ken Bennett certainly knows it. Randy Pullen, Karen Fan, etc. We already do that work and can tell you where every single ballot is. If the ballots were rerun and additionally run, which they were told they were. If there were illegal duplications, which they were told there were in excess of 100,000. This is all part of your, it's like you're hearing it now as brand new testimony. I'm telling you, this is the rat bastardism that goes on. And it is why 
they activated GOP attorneys because this came down from the GOP folks. Don't put it in there. Don't do it. They threatened Doug Logan, told him we will not cover you with your indemnity, which they still didn't do anyway. This will come into play later because we exposed the smoking guns. Yellow dots. And it's critical. You need to know this. I just can't determine from the photographs what it is. The CPS code is still there on the ballots. This is from the 2020 election. I haven't been provided a piece of the paper to look at that. So that's one part that exists. We just don't know what it says. The second in the reports where you have a county in Michigan, Antrim County, where there's recounts other counties. And I've heard the... This is the logic of, well, if we just hand recount it, it's the same as the machine, and it comes out that the numbers are the same at the end of the day. And in some instances, that has been true, but it doesn't account for where the ballots came from that are being counted. So in many of these hand recounts, I haven't been able to even look at what precinct the ballot was from. In other words, we might be looking at a vote that's on the back on a two-sided ballot, and you see that the vote... Is here, is here we're, we're just, just counting, counting that. We're not, we're not even looking, looking at the front, front to see where we're from. from. Not, not to mention the image quality and things like that of these mysterious ballots that we've talked about in Pennsylvania and here in Arizona. Arizona. No, no one's even looking for that in a recount. Sorry about the jumping around, folks. That's my fault. Um, what you need to know is, again, if you look at this ballot... You can see the precinct, that it's an early vote. That's the middle coding that we do. That's why we developed this technology. We're the only people in the world that have this technology. But you can see exactly the coding of the ballot, that this was an early vote. It was voted in precinct 676. It was traditions, which is the precinct. It was the right paper, the right printing. It was 100% on target. There's the mic, and it was a vote for Trump. Part of why I've even bring this up is this is how the GOP and policymakers there in Arizona interfered and would not let information come to light. All of this information's there, exactly what he's complaining about, and exactly what an examiner should look for. They knew it was all done. They all had reports, but but most lawmakers never looked at the reports. Never opened the videos. I'm going to show you one at the end. Because even the lawmakers themselves didn't believe it, and they were putting on political theater. They were not serious about doing this, and I, and I think it's because everybody was terrified. And as a result of their cowardice, now this is why they don't like me, folks. It doesn't affect me, but they do use it to affect you. When I tell you, Borelli's a bitch and will not take the time, has not taken the time to get a single download to go over any of this stuff that, ah, well, this is new. No, it's not. You've had it the whole time. But they will punish every single living person in Arizona and every single voter in the United States of America because they're terrified of me. I'll call them out for it and say, why? Here it is. Okay, you're doing a dog and pony. Magically, 22 months plus after the election's over, when you know the ballots get destroyed. Now you're going to activate? I call that out horseshit, but they're willing to take it out on you. All of this information is had and known.
and and within the GOP, Randy Pullen, Ken Bennett, you'll get more on that. People like uh, Joel Altman, Professor Clements, Dr. Shiva, all went around, all got the same debriefs, all did the same thing, telling you it was all bullshit, there's no information, they couldn't do it, they didn't know this stuff, and here it is, you're seeing it. And you're seeing an expert saying, we wish we had it, it's there. The same stuff the media told you was not there, those codes aren't there, and there they are, you've seen them with your own eyes. Let's continue. Um, I have one other one on the duplicate scanning of the ballots that I talked about. So the image is here showing two different CVR, which is cast vote record, with the exact same shapes of the circles filled in. But you can see it's not the same scan. In other words, the same scan wasn't counted twice. The same ballot was scanned twice under super close but subtle differences between them because it was the same thing scanned two different times. This is exceptionally important. Again, lawmakers are hearing this like they hear it for the first time. No, they've known for a long time. But I want to remind you, Mr. Spakine, at the urging of his attorney who hired him, because it wasn't the Senate or even the audit, and the GOP and the attorneys for the GOP planted all these rumors about our work, and you saw conservative activated to do it. This is how we all suffered because Mr. Spakine and I could have talked, could have identified every single one of those. And even when he was walking in with his evidence, he would have been able to say they all came off the same damn machine printing for different areas and they weren't even deployed. There was a lot more known. This is where the GOP is the uniparty and they collude in this. And this is why they are so afraid of true forensic work. We don't go in with a little handout. Oh, I'm testifying. I just brought one. Every one of these people have these in massive reports so they can verify it for themselves. They just chose to ignore it. And in ignoring every bit of it, as I make more enemies in Arizona, in ignoring every bit of it, they allowed 2022 to occur. They allowed another one to be taken. They allowed you, every Arizonan, to be punished. And even in this own meeting, they stood together and said, if you bring in Jovan and his work, we're not even going to do this meeting. That's how little they care about absolute presentable facts. Although they raised a hell of a lot of money and did a hell of a lot of campaigning and still sit in those seats based on you, you knowing it was bad. You even know more than these lawmakers because you've been following for a long time. You're the smartest patriots in the room. Let's continue. Anyway, I got a couple questions, follow-up questions. Uh, your report that you did back in 21, um, well, we know we turned that over to the Attorney General's office. Did, did the Attorney General's office uh, investigators contact you for a follow-up? I've not been contacted by anyone to this point, no. We had that report. I know it was done in the audit. You were contracted, and we turned everything over to the attorney general's office. None of the investigators from the criminal side or the civil side contacted you, sir? No investigator, no attorney general, no one from the state of Arizona has contacted me about my findings in that report or any other part of those findings, no. And when did you turn those in, if I may ask? My report, I believe, is dated September of 21. When it got turned in, I don't know, but I think it was shortly after. Senator Sonny Borelli, acting all amazed. You mean the Attorney General didn't act on this? They didn't reply? They didn't reach out to you? It's kind of what I was saying. You know, we were working hard. 
um, I was working very diligently with the attorney general and the teams. I knew there was a problem to begin with. I have all those meetings. And I'm sharing information. I knew something was up when they started making excuses. I knew something up when the second in charge, Jennifer Wright, just failed to show up for meetings and just wouldn't do it. And then I began to get concerned when uh, Joel Oltman gave a call to the attorney general and told them don't listen to Jovan's team. Uh, Randy Pullen reached out to the attorney general and says don't look at that stuff, etc. The collusion that got Arizona to stand down is a, is a combination of rumor and etc. because they're terrified of the results. Now, I want to sh- show you how far they'll go, and I'm just trying to remove something from my screen. I want to show you how far they'll go. See, when the attorneys, generals in Arizona's team and investigators uh, were quote-unquote debriefing me and interviewing me, I interviewed them at the same time, and I go, and I'm talking about these yellow dots where we can point out all the counterfeits, and they said, well, they don't really exist, and I'm going, of course they exist. You better believe they exist, and they said, no, we just think you're not looking at the evidence right, and so they shared with me the evidence given to them by the Maricopa Board of Supervisors, Hewlett Packard the manufacturer of the printing, and the president of Runback. I'm going to show you those real quick. Let me share my screen here. Uh, I'm going to give you every one of these in a download, which we'll release. First off, I want to show you uh, the first exhibit. This is a letter from the CEO of Runback. It's the exhibit provided by the county, and they're correcting the record 2022, although they blocked it out. This particular one was dated Thursday, September 14th, 2021. This is from the president, CEO of Runbeck. He is particularly saying, yeah, there's yellow dots. One of our machine doesn't. Uh, But there's no pattern. You can see it right here. It says there's no pattern in the yellow dots. It's just yellow dots to keep the print heads clean. So what Runbeck did was put a letter on their letterhead saying, well, no, they're... uh, They're not talking about it right. It's not to use secret codes. And and so you you also now know that here's Eric Spikine. He's saying it right. It, It sure as shit is a code. And we can tell everything about it. We can tell the date. We can tell when everything was printed. That's what it's for. He knows it's there. We knew it's there. We could track it down. But Runbeck put out a letter and said, well, that's not true. Runbeck additionally uh, put out a letter. Let me share my screen again. This time, and, and by the way, the attorney general just accepted these. This is the second letter that Runback and the county presented as evidence. This particular one is from HP, right? They got HP to write 
Oh, I'm just clarifying the points. Here's the printhead, blah, blah, blah. BS, 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 BS. This is not really a code. This is stochastically on the page. They're just kind of random. Blah, 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 shit, blah, 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 shit, 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 diffusion, diffusion, blah, 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 blah. And there's the salesman. Now, the reason I have issue with this and the reason I'm showing you this is because even people naming names, Heather Honey, who testified great in the Kerry Lake trial, but behind closed doors to people investigating for President Trump, she said there was no such thing as a bunch of different papers and there are no uh, pixels on the ballots that will able, to enable to tell you where they come. That's a myth. And she spread that to everybody in Arizona that would listen. So did Dr. Shiva. So did Brian Blem. Brian Blem, the attorney for Kerry Lake, also spread that this is all crap. There's no coding in there. And you're hearing from an expert say they're there. What you're going to see in a few minutes, which the AG and everybody denied, we just went to AP, uh, HP. We went to the very team that invented this process that drops them on there that has the most patents in the world dealing with it. And they basically said, Runbeck's lying, HP, and this is lying. Here it is. Here's how it works. And you hear Mr. Spikeen himself telling it. This is how much the misinformation ran rampant that stopped you in Arizona from getting the right information because we knew this long before you ever hearing this for the first time. Let's continue. Mr. Vice Chair, you have a question? Madam Chair, um, Mr. Spikeen, are, are the same sort of PDF files used for pre-printed ballots, like early ballots, uh, as they are for ballots that are printed at vote centers? I believe that should be the same PDF with a minor exception that in some areas, and I can't say specifically in Maricopa County, it may say early voting on it, or it may say mail-in, or it could say absentee. Mail-in and absentee are commonly used as the same, but some areas call it different. So it should be the same ballot, right? The same configuration, same layout, same spacing, but it might have extra words on it. I don't recall if yours had it. I don't, I don't, I don't recall. I mean, it was uh, 18 months ago when I looked at it. Madam Chair, Mr. Spikeen, um, did you observe any of these degraded print quality issues with early ballots? Did you have occasion to examine early ballots? And if you did, did you observe these issues with early ballots? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I saw. And yes, that's correct. I did see that. Madam Chair, Mr. Spikeen, did you observe any pattern with respect to the ballots that were degraded? If it was early in Election Day ones, were they from certain geographic areas? Were they printed at a certain location? Is there any pattern that could be observed? So the printing part, I can't answer. Uh, the CPS code would tell us what machine printed it, which could lead us back to where it was printed which would lead us back to where it was printed. The decipherable patterns, I don't know ge geography here to answer that, but I did list various areas where I found more of them in my report. There might be a pattern someone else sees, but nothing that I've been able to say is a pattern or there's something to it. It might be something that someone else <clears throat> recognizes, though. We recognize it. In the download, which I'll release in the next couple of days, you'll get watch for it. We will show you where every single one of these counterfeit ballots was used 
by precinct, drop by precinct, and ironically, with five precincts, they all relatively magically used about the same number of counterfeit ballots, which far supersedes the margin of election. Uh, Mr. Spikine, to the untrained ear, would you please explain what CPS stands for and explain the impact and significance of these codes as they are on various documents? Sure. So early when color copiers and color printers started coming out, the government said, wait a second, people could use these to create bearer instruments, whether it be stock certificates, money, bonds, something phony out of this because we're get, technology is getting to be pretty good and people might not be able to tell the difference. So the government asked manufacturers to put in a CPS code and it's called counterfeit protection system. And it's a series of yellow dots and they're very small and it has a unique grid pattern. Significance of this across ballots and the validity of ballots. Could you explain that in simple terms? Well, sure. I mean, the two elements that I talked about. So you've got the date it was printed, and you've got the machine serial number it was printed on. So number one, we'd be able to know, do we have multiple machines printing these or just one? Second of all, where is it, right? Who bought it? Was it one of the printers that was at a site? What site was it? Was it a third-party vendor? Whatever. We can figure that out, trace it back. The second part on the date and time would be, is it printed... I mean, it's theoretically possible after the election. I don't know. Is it printed before the election? Is it printed when it was supposed to be printed? And then lastly, as I just said, was it printed multiple ballots over time or the same ballot copied a thousand times or 17,000 as it were? I have one more question. Okay. And then the, you said the CPS code, is that what you call it, is, is that only for commercial printers? I mean, you can buy at Walmart or is run back as unique type of thing, commercial? No, many printers have it. I'm not going to say that every printer manufactured has it, but many, many have it. And clearly, printers you can buy at Walmart do have it. Absolutely, mm -hmm. printers, color printer, color laser printers, mm -hmm. and color laser copiers have mm -hmm. this code. Not a hundred percent, but it's very, very common. And there's a list that don't that's out there, which but far more do than don't. Madam Chair, so to follow up, so which means if you have that code, you could identify which printer it came from. If it is the code that I think it is, based on the appearance of the dots that I <clears throat> that I see in some of the photographs and the uh, geometric pattern mm -hmm. of, I believe it's eight by sixteen or whatever the the square would be, the rectangle would be, then yes, that one's an easy one to decode. You don't have to go to the manufacturer. We know it; it's out there in the public realm, and other people can <clears throat> do it as well. Everybody on that panel, including Karen Fan, Sonny Borelli, everybody had this report with this data, with the numbers, 16 months prior to this hearing, did nothing, didn't pay attention, wouldn't listen. The attorneys forbid it being used because it was all under a discredit campaign. And what it did is it forced Arizona to allow all of this crap to happen again a second time. I find that unforgivable. Madam Chair, Mr. Spikine, I have one final question then. Obviously, voters are very concerned about the, the ballot printing 
issues that occurred on election day in the last general election. Is there some way that we can use these dots uh, to track down the source of the problem and figure out why it happened and stop it from happening again? Very possible that is one avenue that could get us there. And it is possible it is the avenue that could get us there. What did you discover after you were, after you began your examination, what did you discover that you didn't expect? And the uh, corollary to that then would be, how would you advise us as a legislature? Go ahead. The first part is rather interesting. So I, as in any case, you get a call from someone saying, what can you do and what would you look for? And, oh, I've examined all these, just like I said when I got here, election cases. All the things I said I would look for is not what I found here. So I didn't expect to find that you'd have these 20-some thousand degraded images that were from another source, and I sure didn't expect to find they would all be from the same source, in other words, have the same problem. As to what's going forward, I mean, I think there's three central issues. Number one is ballot control. So when a ballot is printed, where does it go and when does it come back? And how is it tracked? Chain of custody. Chain of custody of the ballot. Chain of custody perhaps is a, is a wonderful thing, but it's not going to be formal in the sense that everyone's going to have a signed receipt like we do for a murder weapon that was used that signed by all the people that saw it. It's not going to be quite that formal, but some sort of chain of custody. Control of the ballots once they arrive, especially if they're mail-in ballots. Control of what happens, where they are, who touches them. You can't have ballots swapped in and out. In other words, you can't have somebody sort a bunch of ballots, and in theory, this pile for this person is gone, and now we have these ballots that were printed from God knows where subbed in for it. I'm not saying that's what happened, but we all have to avoid a situation where that could happen. That's what scares people. Uh, and then the third is how they're counted. So transparency in how they're counted, either a hand count or if some sort of instruments or computer system is used, it has to be transparent in how it's done, what it's connected to, how it works, what the inputs are, what the outputs are, and at least be able to look at such a thing. So before it's certified, um, you'd, you'd want to make sure all these things are in check and done the correct way. So if you were to see a series of ballots in let's say a box that all had exactly the same codes, what what does that suggest occurred? Well, I assume the word code is different. You mean anomaly still? I mean anomaly. Right, Sorry. okay. So if you have that, it's suggesting that they're coming from the same source and it's not the official PDF ballot. It's not the official PDF that was created for the on-demand printing and, and third-party printers to send out. It's further degraded from that. So it's someone had it, they scanned it, they rescanned it, they printed it, they faxed it, they, I don't know. But something happened for them to all be the same and then they were voted on. And would that be, so when would that anomaly have occurred? At the printing of the ballot or after when they were scanned into the machine? So that's a great question that I haven't made clear. So these weren't scanned into the machine. These are photographs of the actual paper ballots that I'm talking about. So it wasn't something that was a machine problem. So it happened when it was printed before it was voted. Senator Bennett, go ahead. The point I was uh, requesting, Madam Chair, was to Senator Heap's question of how many ballots did you inspect? I think you testified earlier you've never inspected any paper ballots from the 2020 election. You were inspecting ballot images made from those ballots. Is ballot, that correct? 
ballot photographs, ballot Photogra- images, images kind of, ph- photographs, whatever. Yeah. But but okay. photographs. I didn't have the piece of paper in my so hand. You, You're correct. Okay. That's Ken Bennett. Ken Bennett is not inquiring about the veracity of the testing. Ken Bennett's only making opposition point. He's a Republican. He's a senator. Oh, but you really didn't look at the paper, did you? You didn't really look at the paper. You just looked at a photograph. Do you understand Mr. Bennett's role yet? Are there, Are there any further, further questions? questions? No. no. Senator, Senator Bennett, Bennett. And, and if, if you, you, if you, you could, could uh, unless anybody has anything burning, burning he, please, please make this your last question. question. We, we do have Mr. Ketchell scheduled to start at 10. Mr. Chairman, this is my first and last question, apparently. Mr. Spikine, one, one of the documents you turned in said that you arrested, review scans, and microscopic photographs from the 2020 Maricopa election. When were you asked and by whom? Uh, I was contacted by a law firm, uh, Stephanie Lambert, to contact Doug Logan to assist. And that would have been roughly a few weeks before the date of the report. The date of your Mr. Chair, Madam Chair, I'm not sure who's chair. Um, the date of your report was 20th of September 2021, is that correct? Right. So sometime, sometime a few weeks before that, you were contacted by a law firm asking you to assist Mr. Logan? Correct. I would guess it to be roughly September 1. I don't know exactly the day, but roughly that time frame. And it was Stephanie Lambert? Was it, is that, that a person's name or is that a law firm name? That's both. That's a person's name and the name of the law firm. I find it very interesting that uh, Mr. Bennett only wants to know where is this original source information. He did it with the bribery stuff, which I told you everybody had to surrender and they wouldn't let him leave with it. Mr. Bennett wants to find out where this information is. He doesn't care how it occurred. And I just told you, we found out in the other hearing, this all started 2009 in Sirius with the cartels. And that's when this fellow, Bennett, was the Secretary of State. So how did you receive these um, ballot or microscopic photographs, scans and photographs? I came here to Maricopa County County and examined them at the location uh, where they were stored. Which was where? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. It was outside of town in um, a warehouse building. I may have it in my file, but I don't remember the... Uh, Under the auspices of whom? Doug Logan is the one who had them, and that's on his file is where, or his server is where I viewed them directly. So I had the the server there. And I think you, Madam Chair, Mr. Spikine, you said um, in your earlier testimony that the actual paper ballots were not available to you? That's correct. Did Mr. Logan or, or the law firm tell you that those had already been returned? Or I believe Mr. Logan told me they had already, already been, been returned, returned some time ago. Or I don't know they were returned so much as he left the presence of the ballots. I don't remember which way it was phrased, but they weren't available to me to put my hands on and look at. I'm now going to show you a video here at the end as this wraps up. I'm going to show you Mr. Bennett here. At the time, special liaison knew everything that was going on. They're all getting reports. They all knew there were counterfeits. 
But Mr. Bennett is out on the road stumping, saying there are no counterfeits. All the ballots were good. And Joe Biden won. He gets challenged by Gail Golick, a patriot out there, regardless of what you think, fighting for Arizona that cornered Mr. Bennett and said, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you not looking at the real data? Here we go. Ken, I just, I, listen, I know, I, I know Ken. Ken and I, are, he's, he's safe with me. Ken, the only thing I want to tell you is that the problem that we're having right now is the fact that you're going out there over and over and over again and pretending like fake ballots are real. You have I'm just to recording the results. No, sir, you yeah. are not. But with all due respect, Ken, what you are saying is you are reading from an incomplete report. Can you please going forward say that you have not you cannot verify if those ballots are fake or real? Can you please at least do that for this country? Why, why didn't Doug do that if he thought they were fake? What? Because Jovan didn't have his report, and it is in there. It's on the report. Look at the report. It's on his report number, like, three, I think, on the report. And it says right there on there that it has not been completed. Now, I am working with Jovan right now to this date. As of today, I'm working with Jovan, and he is still working on that report. Uh -huh. All right. Can we is do Joe, this? Can you Jovan, call him or do an I email? Mean, is he a good guy or is he another? Jovan is good. Okay. Jovan is. I mean, I've always enjoyed him, but then you go. No, no, no. I'll, every time I turn around, about the time I trust someone or think, okay, they're on board. Ken, and then it turns I'm into their just asking, so, Ken. Right. If you we could can do, do this another time where their tensions aren't so high because there is high tensions right I'm not, now. I'm not tension. I even know high tensions. I know, but other people too do, but and we don't where need to be drawing me? them over here. So. I'm good. I'm good. I understand. We can do this another time. Ken, would you follow up with me? What? Would you um, follow um, up with me on these sure. questions? Because seriously, uh, you know, I've asked you for an interview multiple times, mm -hmm. and you know, and I, and and you know, your family. I don't I think you want to interview me for what I want to say, Gail. I think you want to interview me for how you want to criticize me. I, I, <laughs> I, I well, there's no. I doubt mean, proving that right now. There's no doubt that I'm going to hold you accountable for these things. That's but, why I'm doing this. But no, this isn't. This isn't even an open forum. This was. This was very it's controlled. Not an open forum. No, it was very controlled. Everyone got to ask uh, the question that got in the line. No, actually, when when we wanted to challenge your answer, we were shushed or or said that we were going to be escorted out. Mm -hmm. All right, um, can we do this another uh, yeah. time? You can yeah. call yeah. another time. Yeah. The yeah. things, the events I, ended. Uh, everyone was allotted a certain amount of time for questions. Yeah, so well, they were allotted, but they were. Can we do this another time? Because other people can't have a full two-hour conversation with. Uh, the Ken, all I'm asking you to do going forward is please say that this is not a complete election and we are still awaiting Joe Bond's not information. I mean, not a complete audit. I beg your pardon. If Doug wanted Joe Bond's stuff in his report, he would have put it in. It wasn't ready yet, and that's what it says in the report. <laughs> okay, then. So then that's all I'm asking you to say. Can you okay. verify that? I for said me? the audit. I said that tonight. I no, said the didn't. audit is still ongoing. Talk about Jovan's stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Jovan's stuff. Why? Because Doug didn't talk about Jovan's stuff. He said it was not here, but it's forthcoming. We can do this then, another time. Then, then have him put that out. I'm not going to be the one to carry the water the for Jovan. Okay, so, okay. So? so, so no, I'm no, no, the no. liaison between the Senate and the auditor. I'm not the liiaison between Jovan. I've never met the man. Uh, I've never spoken a word with him. I understand I'm not going to carry the water for Jovan Pulitzer. I'm not asking you to. Yes, you carry, are. No, I'm not. 
not. I'm not. You're the liaison for the audit. Was Joe Von And Hutton I'm done Pulitzer? being the liaison for the audit. Now I'm just talking about my experience. Okay, but I haven't. You, you're not. You're not. I'm, you're I'm no not involved. No, I'm not involved in anything related to Shattuck. I'm not. In, uh, I haven't heard from Doug Logan in two weeks. I uh, wasn't involved in the third count. Um, so I, I'm. I think I'm done doing the. Well, there you heard it, folks. The reason I included that is uh, Ken Bennett was with Randy Pullen doing the third count. They hid the records. They hid the two, uh, one of the two books. Still haven't been released to this date. There's over 90,000 ballots missing. Over 90,000 ballots missing. I'll remind you of a few things. Ken Bennett and Randy Pullen worked together. Randy Pullen was working behind the scenes to get Ken Bennett to let people in. And when it got too hot, they did this little play that Bennett would be kicked off. And then Randy Pullen came in. And, of course, he's making an announcement at the end. He's one of the top treasurers for the GOP. The entire time, Randy Pullen was saying, don't use Jovan's work, don't use Jovan's work, even before he knew what the work was, because he got debriefed Thanksgiving Right after the election in 2020, he knew what was coming. He knew we would find it. He was glad-handing, happy-assing on the front, but behind the scenes, pleading not to use it. The Senate decided to use it. The public demanded it. You've seen the results. Randy Pullen offered Doug Logan $2 million to not use our data. Doug refused that. It sent Doug into bankruptcy. The GOP threatened Doug. The GOP attorney said, we will remove your protection from all these suits by the left if you use it. He had to put things in a certain way. They were always the reports out there. You knew there were counterfeits. They, meaning the GOP, just did not let you see it. I find it funny that uh, there was uh, subsequent broadcasts, Joel Oltman, Dr. Shiva, and Professor Clements, and postings made that don't worry about Jovan and his work, quote, it will never see the light of day. If you look at the Freedom of Information request, those three people said it'll never see the light of day. It go back to pulling and stuff, Freedom of Information, you'll see those same quotes. Jovan's work and his team will never see the light of day. Here we are. And it's Ken Bennett, who was the Secretary of State responsible for elections when all of this started. This is why I called this my rat bastard report. You have to make your own decisions, folks. Oh, by the way, the attorney that hired Spokane was working with another fellow that was involved in Georgia that's an operative. When the ballots got seized in Georgia, we found that were shredded. He was there. Those two were politicking Doug. Do not use Jovan's results. Doug was intent on using my results. That attorney went out, hired Spokane. But as you can see, unless you have all the data every bit of it and the time with it there's no way you can pinpoint it down you can only say it's there and it's inappropriate but you can't say how many i have released right after this 24 hours you'll see a video i will give you my report 
that we gave to the Attorney General and what they ignored, explaining how this works along with downloads with everybody's documents. Now you know why. We continue to lose this fight because we can't even work it out together in our own way, right or left, because all we have is a uniparty, and now you know. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority, and we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Von Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week, and between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? Think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to makewokegobroke.click. Yes, dot click. Makewokegobroke.click. Makewokegobroke.click and do it now.